1: Simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706 0111. 706 0111. All right. So I don't know when all this calendar situation in the two sports were established. Super Bowl was a little bit later, it seemed like, than it normally is. Um,. Because of the 17 thing. But I wonder how strategically placed the NBA trade trade deadline was because on Super Bowl week, the NBA is grabbing the headlines over the NFL, which, you know, the big bad NFL certainly shouldn't, you know, can't be too happy about that. Man, the Western Conference. You know, for a while there, it was so dominant and everyone – laughed at the East and the East is now, you know, with the Bucks and the Celtics and the Sixers are not having fulfilled their potential yet, but their the potential is still there. And so it's, it, it's pretty um, good. And, and there's not a dramatic difference, but it, it is certainly shifted. So if you're a Pelican fan, can't be too happy about what's going on here. And, um, if you are a Grizzly fan, you can't be too happy about what's going on here. I guess if you're a Mavericks fan and we're going to be um, talking to one, our old friend Stevie P, uh, shortly, at least that's the plan, and so we'll we'll see what he thinks about this. Um, I, I don't know. Just look, I, I've been – I don't dislike Kevin Garnett. I I think he's kind of, he gets too silly sometimes, and he's too this and too that. I don't really have any disdain towards him or anything. But I don't like, you know, I still think when he went to Golden State, that was the worst legal thing that's ever happened in the history of sports.
2: You mean Durant, right? What you did s- I say? You said Garnett.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Durant, yes. Certainly Durant. Um, but this is just, I just don't like it. I just, look, it's, we're in an era of free agency. You do what you want. It's, I, I think the thing that if they just didn't do it so much, it would be a little more palatable, Like They just do it too much. Like Kyrie Irving, he said, this has been planned since year one. Well, like, why did you go? To the Nets then, like why go to the Nets if in year one y'all were already planning to leave? Unless he's just lying, which is possible. But like, what?
2: What's the? I don't know. It's just. I think he's. I don't. I don't. I don't believe much that Kyrie says. But at least the Durant situation is different than Golden State in that the team that got him had to give up some assets. And it's not like they just picked them up for free. So, you know, they had to give back Bridges, who's a really good player, and, you know, a a lot of draft picks and things like that. So, at least it's not like Golden State, where they already had a completely loaded roster and then didn't have to give anything up for him because he was a free agent he just signed there. Yeah, and it's not like,
1: you know, the Suns are the single most dominant team in the league and they didn't just set the all-time win record. No, I'm not comparing him going to Phoenix, going to to Golden State. No, I'm not comparing that at all. It's just all of the... Just, I mean, that's the society where. And again, it's because all of these guys grew up in the AAU playing during summer, and you 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 played. It, it's that all star mentality. They just they that's the only thing they've ever known. Just wasn't like that for the guys that grew up. You know that were born in the seventies and, and 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 played in the eighties and. It just, it's just, they just, it's di- just different. I, I don't, I don't like it, but I mean, I don't really have a dog in the fight because even though most of my life I've pulled for the Lakers and I still hope that they win, I'm, I'm not what I would consider a Laker fan because I don't hurt when they lose like I used to. So I just, I've, I've left basketball as a, as a die-hard. Uh fan. I'm just not that anymore. So I don't really have a dog in the fight. I just... I think the NBA right now has a lot of great players. If they would just stop all this foolishness. I think they're scoring way too many points right now. I don't like that. Uh, why are they... Have you come up with a thing? Why are they scoring so many points in the NBA?
2: It, I don't like it. Well, it's a lot of it's the analytics and teams have figured out three's worth more than two and they've figured out ways to score. And then another part of it is Obviously, there's just much less emphasis on defense, and it's not as fun to play, and you talk about AAU kind of reinforcing some of those habits, so I think there's a lot of reasons, but I I, I don't think yeah, it's ever going five back. five
1: years ago, and 10 years ago, and 15 years ago, they were playing a lot of defense. It's not, it, it, that, that was still an AAU era. Like, why are they playing significantly, I mean, has the, the level of offense really increased that much in the last five years?
2: I think it's both at the same time. I think they've both gone, one's gone up while the other's gone Man. down. But I, yeah, I would, that's one th- reason I really enjoy watching college basketball more. But I'll say about the NBA, I don't think it's going to go back in the other direction anytime soon. So,
1: yeah, but they got to do something. What? It's way too often that teams are scoring 140, 150 points. Like that happens. It's okay to have, it's like in baseball, it's okay to play a 15 to 12 game once a month. But, if 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 that becomes the regular thing like college baseball got to in the 90s and that was awful that's awful i just i don't know i don't like I, again it's a shame because i think there's so much there's so many great players and if they would just stop moving so much and stop looking for the easy way out so often and just play, and go back to how defense was played you know I don't want it to be like the 90s where it became boxing and not basketball. But even 10 years ago, they played more defense than they do now. It's just – it's way too much scoring right now. Just way too much scoring. I guess you just blame it all on Curry. I mean, it's all Curry's fault, I guess. And I don't have anything against him. I just – I don't know. It, there's so many potential. Like, NBA could be, in my opinion, way better. Now, if you like watching 142 to 140 games and you like all of this AU stuff, then you're just probably loving it. But I, I just I think there's so many good young players. It's just a shame that you just can't tweak it a little bit. I think the NBA would be better, in my opinion. All right, let's uh, go to the game hotline. Hello.
3: Uh, we also have to look at the uh European style of basketball um which is uh the global game uh, they don't really play defense over there, so you're starting to see more european style players coming to league uh, and I, that's where I start you know the game's more of a global game um uh, so they don't really stress defense over there so that's fair we, uh, uh we're gonna get where we get, and I don't like it either I don't like um uh, 70 point you know scores 150 130 yeah like, I, don't I don't like that and and I do agree with you in the sense that and it's not his fault per se because he can shoot but the whole the Stavis Curry effect you know had a lot to do with it yeah and um yeah it's uh, so that's what that's what it is now and um yeah I, I'm like you hello
1: no I'm here yeah go ahead
3: yeah but um that's all I have to add to it, and yeah, uh, have a good
1: one. Thank you. Thank you. No, again, it, I, I'm sure some of you who are um, – you know, there are some people who who act like the NBA is a four-letter word. I, I really don't have anything to do. I mean, I, I would – if you asked me which one would I – if you were going to spend a week watching one, I probably would choose the NBA over college basketball. But I just – I just wish they wouldn't. It's like they just go too far. They could just. They got to stop the scoring. It's just getting way out of hand. Uh, And and again, maybe it's that the offenses. But usually things are cyclical. And so if at some point they're either going to have to change some rules or the defenses are going to have to start adjusting, they just will. It, you know, or to me, it's just it, it becomes artificial at at some point. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
4: Morning, foot.
1: Good morning, sir.
4: So when are you gonna go on your um your your uh your isolation of darkness for four days, man? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I'm I'm way too busy for that right now to be hibernating, but um. That-
4: That that guy's psycho, man. He don't need to be going in isolation. He needs to go see a psychologist. That's what he needs, man.
1: Well, I mean, it's so funny that everyone's now, you know, again, I've been telling y'all about Aaron Rodgers for a decade. That guy is the most egotistical. He's got the biggest ego of any athlete I have ever seen. I said that 10 years ago. I'm like, why? Why are you saying? I'm just, y'all, I'm, guys. Now, the real reason I call, okay,
4: and I want you to think about this question. Please. Do you consider LeBron James the leading scorer of all time? The leading – now, think about that. Do you, con, like, truly consider him the leading scorer of all time? I know he well, brought, it depends
1: so, what that means. There's no question that statistically he's the leading scorer. Now, there's a lot of ways to pick at that. Does that mean he's the best scorer Like, leading and best don't necessarily mean the same thing. I don't think he's, like, the most dynamic scorer of all time, but he scored more points than anyone. Now, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Again, the whole three-pointer. Like Kareem only made three three-pointers in his whole career. So you could say, well, Kareem's actually a better scorer if you take away all the extra. If you eliminate all the extra third points that that LeBron's get got, you could also say that if Kareem was allowed to enter the NBA at 18 years old, he wasn't even allowed to play college basketball as a freshman. When he got when he right. when he was eighteen years old, much That's, less the NBA. So if he had those extra four or five years that LeBron would be, you know, seven, eight thousand but whatever points behind him right now. So there's all kind of ways to slice it, but technically, yeah, he's scored more points than anyone.
4: Right. Now and another thing to take in consideration too, the three point nine wasn't introduced until I think uh, like the last 10 years, I heard, I think, or something of Kareem's
1: Uh, Not Kareem. even that far. It, w- it was around, what, 79 or 80 that he came in. So it was – when now, did Kareem another... stop playing? I- I'd have to – like around 88 or so, didn't he? Or was 87? I'm just guessing. I, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. go ahead and make your point.
4: Uh, One more thing, and then I'm going to let you go. And I think me and you agree on on on, on this, this motive. The term goat needs to disappear, oh, man. Oh, it's, it's awful. It, there's no such thing as goat. The Thank only you. such thing as goats are the ones that's eaten in the field. Yes. Because if you think about it, sports goes through eras, okay? Now, if you want to go and say, let's take Tom Brady. Tom Brady, perfect example. Everybody call him the go-go-go. Goat, goat, goat. Now, you can go and say Tom Brady was the greatest of his time, of his era. But to say uh, he was the greatest of even... all time.
1: I don't even know that. It's possible. Look, look, let let me explain to you who the GOATs are. Mark Ingram and Will Lutz, they're the GOATs.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what a GOAT is. But like I said. The one who blew the game. Why are people so fixated Uh, on trying to find the best player of, I mean, they're the best of their generation of their era. But of all time, that makes no sense. Yeah, but anyway, that's all I had, to, I had to say, man. And uh, baseball season right around the corner, buddy. Appreciate it. The World it. Baseball Classic is right around the corner. Have a good one. You know,
1: it's funny that Martin said that. Well, let's do this. We'll take. We'll, we'll have to postpone that because it's 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 time. We got to take a time out, and we'll get to Stevie P. But. I want want to get back. It's amazing that he said that because I I hadn't thought about the World Baseball Classic until this morning for the first time. We'll get to that later. For now, we'll take a timeout.
0: This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Kevin Foote on the game. We have with us a man whose head has got to be spinning right now. Mr. Stevie P, how are you, sir?
5: I'm doing well, but my head is spinning. But uh, I'm doing well, Kevin. What's going on,
1: Kevin? Oh, man, all kind of stuff going on. we got we trying to figure out if the Saints are going to get Derek Carr. If not, who in the world are they going to get? We're trying to figure out... You know, what in the world? Kyrie, apparently, according to yesterday, the minute he got to the Nets, he was making his plans to leave, and and now he's with the Mavs, and how is that going to work out? Now we got Durant in Phoenix, and and, and we're trying to figure out why in the world so many of the NBA games are 142 to 138. Can you help us with any of that?
5: Well, you know, number one, I'm hearing people talking about, oh, well, it's automatic. The Suns have won the championship now. And, and look, can they win it? Yes. I mean, you know, they got, uh, they've got Chris Paul, who I think is one of the, the, the big keys in all this. He's, he's a true point guard. He's a facilitator. It's different from a lot of big threes where you've got uh, not necessarily selfishness creep in, but, you know, you got three scores and guys are going to do what they want to do. Chris Paul was a pass-first guy, so he's going to be responsible for giving the ball. To Devin Booker to getting the ball to Kevin Durant, and you know, let's also face it—they got a—they got a great inside presence with uh, Deandre Ayton. So, are the Suns the favorites? Yes. I'm not telling you they're not going to win. I'm just telling you it's not this foregone conclusion. Number one, Chris Paul's 37 years old now. You know, if, you, if you've seen him over the last couple of years, he has started to regress a little bit more so defensively than anything he's just not as quick as he used to be and shouldn't be expected to be Kevin Durant is not a bad defensive player but he was once an elite defensive player he's no longer elite and what do those two guys have in common over the last couple of years they've been hurt because that's mainly because of age you know so uh you bring all those things into the equation you know the the Suns also traded McKeel Bridges is he is he Kevin Durant of course he's not but I would have I would would have told you last year he was the best defensive player in the NBA. So the Suns are not as good defensively as they were, and there's the an injury concern with their age. Denver is very, very good. Do I think that the Mavericks are, you know, a team that's gonna win the championship right now? No, and I'm a mass fan. You know, one of my problems with the Kyrie trade, strictly from a basketball standpoint, the Mavericks are not a good defensive team. And somehow they got worse. I mean, you bring on Kyrie Irving, who, who you know, can't guard me. And, you know, they wind up trading their, base, their best defensive player in Dorian Finney-Smith. So, the Mavericks have some work to do. But, you know, the trade deadline's at 2 o'clock. The Nets aren't done yet. They got a lot of wing players. So, teams are going to be coming to them. John Collins, a guy that could be traded from the Hawks. So, let's wait till 2 o'clock before we really start making predictions because his trade deadline so far has been just incredible. But right now, I will tell you, do I think that the Suns are the favorites in the West? Yes. Can they win it? Uh, yes. But right now, I would tell you, I think that the, the Boston Celtics are still my pick to win the NBA championship.
1: Oh, that's sickening in itself. So, real quick, do you think that all these games, people are scoring 140, 150 every night because the offense has just gotten that much better than the defense? or it's, or it's it's Or it's like defenses, people don't really try to play extra defense until the playoffs get here. Like, what's the deal with this?
5: Well, I think the offense is just that good right now. I mean, people talk, one of the things that irritates me about people that don't watch the NBA, and look, if you don't watch, watch the NBA, that's fine. I mean, really, but, but don't come up with something silly like saying that they don't play defense the NBA anymore. Are y'all crazy? The best defense ever ever. Right now is being played in the NBA. It's just that you got guys like Kevin Durant, who's six foot ten, legit six foot ten. I know they say he's seven feet tall. You can't guard the cat. I mean, you just can't. It's uh, it's an offensive game now. You know, you know, we've talked about it before in the past, Kevin. You know, everybody says, oh well, you know, how did Bill Russell and uh, Will Chamberlain and all those people get all the rebounds that they that, that they got? Because teams back in the old days, they used to go up and down the court and they couldn't shoot. I mean, really, it was was just brick after brick is what it was. And, you know, you you had an incredible amount of rebounds. You had a lot of points that were scored because teams would just run up and down the floor, and people nowadays are going to tell me how great defense that they played in the old days. That's silly. The best defense ever is being played in the NBA right now. That's why guys like Adam Morrison and Doug McDermott and, you know, uh, Steve Alford, all the great shooters from college basketball that we've seen over the years. They can't play in the NBA, and you know why? Because they can't get off a shot. Guys are just too good offensively right now. The systems are too good offensively. But I also think that you hit upon something. I do think that the defense does crank up a little bit in the postseason, and that's because it becomes more of a half-court game and officials let you play a little bit more defense in the postseason as opposed to the regular season.
1: All right, so before we get going, is there anything you need to let people know about Lafayette Recreation and Parks?
5: Well, we're beginning the second half of our youth basketball season. Uh, we're going to be out at uh, at numerous gyms, but at Thomas Park and Robichaux on Saturday, uh, we'll be continuing registration for baseball and softball that's going to begin in March. Now, I don't want to confuse A whole lot of people. We'll be out at the gyms, but you are certainly welcome to come anytime Monday through Friday between the hours of nine and five at Gerard Park. So again, when I say we're going to be registering at the gyms from eleven till three. At Thomas Park and Robichaux on Saturday, that is accurate. But I think that we have a few people, uh, a few people confused, and that they think that the only time to register is at those respective gyms on Saturday. That is not accurate. Monday through Friday at Gerard Park, and then 11 to 3 every Saturday. And we register kids at Saturday because it, it makes sense. A lot of them play basketball and go straight into baseball and softball but yeah if you want to register your kid for the upcoming baseball and softball seasons you could do it at the Robo show center and at thomas park uh every saturday through the month of uh february or you can come by the gerard park offices between nine to five monday through friday and if you need more information you can give me a call at 291-8380 291-8380 but uh uh No negative talk like the Saints are not going to get Derek Carr. Otherwise, I'm hanging up on you. (laughs)
1: All right. So if the Saints trade a third-round pick for Derek Carr, what will you say?
5: I will say brilliant. Because uh, some of these people, Kevin, they're like, they want to draft an unknown quarterback in the second round. That makes no sense to me. Uh, Chances are you draft a quarterback in the second round, he's probably not going to be any good anyway. I mean, really, if you hit on a quarterback, You beat the odds. You're giving me Derek Carr, a proven guy. Is he an elite guy? No. But, you know, he's probably a top 15 type of quarterback. He's middle of the road. And you're giving up a third rounder? That, to me, that's just absolute great value. I think people are too hung up on draft choices a lot. And, you know, a second round draft choice, you're probably going to wind up getting, you know, a guy that maybe has a 10% chance of being as good as Derek Carr. With Derek Carr, you already know what you are getting. so, if the Saints give up a third-round draft choice to Derek Carr, I say bravo, great trade.
1: And uh, you know, I I, I, hope, I hope they can make it happen. We 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 will see because, like, if they don't, that's what I keep saying. People that are a little negative about it, it's like if they don't get, I just do not look. I don't know why. I just do not see Jimmy G coming to New Orleans. I could be wrong, but I just don't see that happen. So, hey. and and He's so up. if it's not Derek Carr, who is it going to be?
5: Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, do you want Matt Ryan? I don't. Matt you know, Ryan. I mean, you know, there's some there's some guys that you know that might have some a little bit of interest in, but you know, no. Uh, uh, and that's why I'm so hung up on Derek Carr. Now, if if the Saints do get Derek Carr, are you gonna get you a pair of loafers. You know, that's those uh, that's those flip flop things, those sandals that he wears, supposedly to. No, seen the commercials on ESPN. That, no, you know it. It, it it helps rejuvenate him
1: and all of that. That's, no, that's I, I, I will not get those. No, I, I'm not a big flip flop guy. No. Okay. Oh, so, um, I know we don't have a lot more time left, but how cool is tonight's game between the Cajuns and the Eagles? Now, Southern Miss is not; it's more of an old school football rivalry, and presently, it's it's already developed into a bitter uh, baseball rivalry. But but I, I could see, I still have memories of this game where the Cajuns played Southern Miss in basketball, and the game was in overtime, and the Cajuns won by like 85 points in overtime. You remember that game? Was that M.K. Turk? That, yeah, M.K. Turk was the, I think the Cajuns won by 16 in overtime, which you don't <laughs> yes. see very often.
5: Yeah. yeah, M.K. Turk. I also remember when the Cajuns had, well, one of those great starts, and uh, they went to Hattiesburg and they lost to Southern Miss by two points. And uh, you know, a, a game that well, you're gonna love this. That was uh, very controversial in terms of uh, uh, in terms of the way it was called. By, by, by the way, speaking of that, and, and I know we kind of got limited time. I said it on the radio at the time. You know, when when, uh, when Kyra Ring got fouled, you know, uh, to me that was obvious. You know, you you cannot foul somebody without the ball. So, you know, that should have been a situation to Well, where how did they mess that up? How did all three
1: play? of them mess that up?
5: Well, I, I think they just had a, a a brain cramp, you know, right there. But I said it at the time, and you know me, I don't rip on officials a lot, especially, you know, uh, on the air. You know, number one, I don't think that they they deserve it. Number two, just in case I'm wrong but I was totally sure about it. It's the first question that I asked Gary Broadhead after, but they just flat out blew that. But here, uh, uh, l- l- let me ask you this, something to think about, too. They could get away from all that as officials. Why in basketball at the end of games, and, and maybe because they're concerned about the length of games, but if I'm the team, why should I be penalized for having a poor free-throw shooter on the on the court when I have the lead in the ball? I guess what I'm saying is, in that situation... Shouldn't the offensive team have the uh, have the option of either shooting free throws or taking the ball in from out of
1: bounds? I mean, I'd be okay with that.
5: I mean, I think you could solve that problem. You know, you, well, you, you, it would, there
1: would be fewer comebacks that way. Maybe they like the excitement of that.
5: Well, yeah, but uh, I'm I'm all about like you say, you know, being fair in that situation. But uh, the officials blew that call and. Uh, you know, is it something that's gonna that's gonna you know uh, curtail the Cajun season? Of course not. It's all about winning. Well, it basically
1: prevents them. Yes, but it prevents them from trying to win a conference championship. Like,
0: right,
5: right. But uh, you know, I, I I said it at the time. I, I thought it was a you know a horrible non-call. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, Kyra Irving should have never been on the uh, on the court in the uh, in the first place. Uh, I, I I disagree. According to the rules. As long as they don't give her the ball, they were fine. And they didn't give her the ball, and I think the refs just absolutely blew that. Obviously, they did because they said they blew it. I, I,
1: absolutely. All right. So maybe when we speak by next week, we'll know something about the Saints' quarterback situation.
5: Oh, I'm I'm, I'm all for that. And if it's Derek Carr, I'm going to be a happy man, a lot happier than I am as a Mavericks fan with them acquiring uh, uh, Kyrie Irving. Cause I'm,
1: and uh, and, I'm, and by I'm, next week, Kyrie Irving might might be like in Zimbabwe or somewhere on, on fleeing the country. You never know what's well, going to happen with him. Well, uh, uh, it's it's very possible that he could request
5: a
0: trade today for class, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. It's been your pleasure. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros great news my sports loving friend no more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right you. that's because you've already found the perfect match for sports talk love that is Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. The game hotline. 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, we'll have... The game hotline is open in this segment and the next one again lots going on. We've got Cajun basketball tonight. The women are on the road at James Madison and like we said yesterday, I just I just have zero frame of reference of James Madison because when I think of James Madison, I think of Charles Haley which disgusts me because he played for the cheaters. And so um we played for the Cowboys too, but um you know i you know i don't all the these first games in the different sports with James Madison are going to be something new but obviously cajuns and southern miss to you know it's not that often i mean i don't know how many times but it's not that often in the last 20 years or so that the cajuns have been in first place in february and playing a team that's also in first place in february i mean that's a you know, I know it's a. You know, it all matters. It only matters what's going to happen in Pensacola in March. We get that, but still, a fun, fun game tonight. And so, I, you know, because of the circumstances of the game, um, both Dawson and I are a little concerned, and there's reason for concern because one, I really think the biggest reason why the Cajuns look so dominant against Southern Miss the first time they played them a month ago or so was they were cut. They were extra motivated because they had just lost. They were 0-2. They, they 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 knew they were a good team and they were 0-2 and they felt like they got slighted a little bit by the calls in 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 both games, but especially um, the coastal game. And so they were extra motivated. And then that's just a the game they had to win and they want it, but that doesn't mean they can't lose in Hattiesburg. So, you know, going to be a very interesting game tonight and and, and look forward to see how, how how it's going to play out. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy, sir.
6: Look, I've been copying the mail about this LeBron James talk and all, and uh, I'm not a basketball fan, but how many different teams did uh, Kareem play for? Well,
1: he played for the Bucks and the Lakers.
6: Yeah, but, but his, his career, what do you know him as?
1: Well, you know him as a Laker, but, yeah, he he, he won a title with the Bucks at MVP. And, and But, yeah, most people identify him with the Lakers.
6: Okay, how about Michael Jordan?
1: Well, he played for the Wizards and the Bulls.
6: Okay, but see what LeBron did. He, he, he would pout and he would pick and choose what team he wanted to go to, and he moved three times that I know of and they always picked a situation where he could be the man. So that Yeah, that. Uh,
1: I mean, uh, you know, again, it's a different era, and, you know, he, he hasn't moved as much as some of the other superstars like Durant. You know, who knows how many teams that cat's going to play on before his, his his career's over. But I, I, I don't – you know, a lot of people don't like LeBron. I, I think he's a little on the – But, again, how would you not be a little conceited or cocky or whatever word you want to use if you, you know, have all the power he has and done everything that he's done? I mean, he's just – you know, I I think he's impressive in a lot of ways, and I don't like all of the changing of teams either. But, you know, it's just kind of the – it's more of the – it's not really a LeBron thing is what I'm saying. It's an era thing.
6: And you don't think LeBron's ego is bigger than Aaron Rodgers?
1: But LeBron doesn't. He just I don't I don't think LeBron's looks down on people like Aaron Rodgers does. Like that little promo that we say is is I think some of the times Aaron Rodgers really thinks like, Why in the world are you even talking to me? Like I really think some of he thinks these people are like lower forms of human being than him. I think he thinks he's somewhere between person and God.
6: And you think LeBron is down to earth, home?
1: Well, I think LeBron doesn't look down on people as much as Aaron Rodgers does. I don't believe that, no. I think LeBron well, is his own little – look, LeBron is too high on himself. He And there's nothing wrong with being high on yourself. You just can't say it. Like, that's LeBron's problem. He needs to not say how good he is. You got to let other people say how good you are.
6: Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I right. Mean, and he would pick and choose a scenario where he could be – uh, more effective, so to speak, or get the ball, or get more glory or whatever. But uh, enough of that. Uh, wouldn't you rather see Garoppolo than Carr?
1: No, I think Carr's better than Garoppolo. Really? Yes. Why? Because I think Garoppolo really relies on the defense. I think Derek Carr, not all the time, but I, I think Carr's capable of winning the game by himself here and there. Well, and what I mean by that is if the offense is on him and he has to score 30-some points, I'm not saying he can consistently do it like the great quarterbacks. I'm saying I think he has that ability. Uh, and plus, Jimmy G never plays. He's always hurt. I don't need another guy who never plays. We already got well, too many of those
6: that never play. Well, I, I, I just think that um, Carr is one of these guys – kinda of like Dak Prescott. He has great games now and again and you say, there goes a great player, but when crunch time comes, where is he? That, I mean, that's
1: that's a fair happened? that's a that's a fair point. But again, the, the 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 thing that I like to remind people of is almost the entire time, not the whole time, but almost the entire time he was in Oakland, he never played with a good defense. Like they're normally Terrible. They they've had stretches where they could really get after the quarterback, but they never. But then they don't have a secondary, so he's always had to score a lot of points to win games. And and all this all as a Saints fan, all I'm saying is just get me to twenty. Like just get me to
6: twenty. Well, like you say, the next week should be interesting. Hopefully, we'll know something this time next week.
1: Yes, sir. absolutely. Thank you, Rooster. Good hearing yet. from you. Thank you. Thank you. Look, I I'm I'm kind of neutral. I'm I'm one of the few people who's really kind of neutral on LeBron. Like first of all, I, I think the whole who does the great? I don't mind discussing issues and some of the analysis of comparing and contrasting, but you know, LeBron James from a basketball standpoint is magic with scoring ability. Like Magic was not a good scorer. He scored, but Magic was a distributor. Magic was a big body who could play guard you could play inside could post you up. Um Magic wasn't a great shooter. But 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 LeBron is Magic on steroids is what LeBron is. And he you know again he's going to finish like top 3 all time in scoring and assists. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. And LeBron is not like Pippen or Jordan maybe defensively but again when Pippen and Jordan played they were allowed to, to 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 physically hit you like you can't do that in the NBA right now so it was easier to play defense in the 90s cuz everybody was 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 it was boxing it wasn't basketball in the 90s and but he's not a bad defensive player certainly and again at think about it at 18 LeBron was great at 38 He's not the best, but he's still a, a, he's still in like the upper 5% of the league. I mean, I, I not enough people give him credit for that. But, again, I I don't love him or hate him. I, I, I'm just kind of neutral, but I can certainly appreciate what he's done. Look, I think it's – and I wish he wouldn't be so – I wish he wouldn't openly talk about how great he is. I mean, it's just for many people – some people love it. And for many people, it turns him off. I just wish he didn't do it. I, I don't – Care that he does it, but I just kind of wish he didn't do it because then I think more people would not dis, not so many people would dislike him if he would just chill on that a little bit. But you know, again, we're in this social media era, and he, era and he just plays to it. I mean, that's it's it is what it is. All right, we will take a time out. Be back.
0: This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together. Or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to footnotes.
1: Let's go right to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir.
7: Uh, I, I don't really want to spend too many seconds on LeBron, but I mean, you know, LeBron's a, a great player. He's been a great player for 20 years. And I think people get, of course, caught up too much in. And I don't listen to all that stuff and don't follow all that social media stuff. I just think, and I don't follow the NBA. I just see highlights. And I never really pulled for LeBron because I never really liked him any many of the teams he was on other than I was kind of happy when he won in Cleveland. Yeah. In Miami, I thought that was a, another circus. And the Lakers, <laughs> that's. Gestapo hate the Lakers. Anyway, so uh, let's go to this Derek Corp question. I just, so, can you can you gather up all the detractors and anti-Corp people and then tell them all like a certain date and then get Stevie P back on to say what he just said a little while ago. You want to draft a guy in the late first round or early second round? That's got like a five percent chance of ever being as good as Derek Carr. And 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 when is he gonna play? And when, you know, I just don't understand what their plan is, the Derek Carr haters.
1: But what's your plan? well but again it's not just derek Carr haters it's rookie quarterback lovers and look i understand yeah. like if they're if 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 the saints were drafting number two or number three or number four yeah, and they and sure. they thought Marcus Stroud was really good i'd be okay i'd be but yeah, but but, but understand I mean, this and i think you but, know this man when you pick a quarterback in the second round you are saying I want to pick a huge gamble. If you pick a defensive back in the second round or an offensive tackle in the second round, you have a much better chance of that guy oh. being a good football player for you than if you but, about, you've devalued your second round pick by picking exactly. a quarterback. Exactly, you're almost. Listen, you're almost giving it away. Yes, I mean you uh, I mean, eight out, out of ten good, chance 90. you're giving it away. You might as well just trade you're
7: it. Giving it. Oh, wait. Exactly. Okay, so, all right, but let's start. Right, so, okay, I'd like for C V P to come back on and get all the people lined up and let him explain that once because, I mean, you know, C V P has got a wonderful way of 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 making you understand things, you
1: know?
8: <laughs>
7: uh, okay, so last thing. I think we can get the big boy from Baylor in the second round, man. I'm starting Well, have you figured out how to Steve. pronounce your name?
1: I gave you a homework assignment.
7: I, I, we got Dawson on that. We, that's why you all pay Dawson the big bucks over there. With that smooth voice that he's got and everything, you know, that eloquence. He yeah. Can say all that. Okay. So say it again. I say it.
1: it. I, I missed it. Ica? Is it Ica? Ica? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Uh, hey, I don't know. Okay, all right, but listen.
7: <laughs> but they make me nervous when they start talking about this little cat from uh, where is he from? The little dude, six foot, 280.
1: Oh, the, the day, cat from Pitt. I mean, he's, he's the, the next Aaron
7: Donald. You don't like Aaron Donald? Yeah, but Kevin, listen, I saw I read this stat. I did, you know I'm doing my research now. There are uh th- this many tackles in the NFL that are two eighty and, and to two ninety, not that many, and this many that are six six feet, but none in combination six feet and under two ninety. You know. So, man, I don't know. Aaron Donald, that, he's a really an anomaly, and I'm not sure there's going to be too many of them. I'm just scared of him. He just he scares me. I think this big ball from Baylor is rushes the quarterback enough and is just going to plug up the middle. Now, I don't know if he's the cat from the Chiefs, Jones, because, I, once again, there's not too many like him. You know, when they talked about solidifying your Hall of Fame career in that game, they might it should have been talking about number well, nine. Yeah, five. but he's playing against three not, backups. Not that quarterback that they talked about, because listen, I think the quarterback's good. But that cat right there is who you want to pick somebody that won the game? Number oh, no, yeah. he, he, he Yes, no
1: no, no, no question. The defense and led so anyway, by him won okay, the
7: game. So yes. I, I think we can get the big ball in the second round. We just got to decide who we're going to get in the first round. I don't care, but I'm still – I got – there's a lot of work to be done. We still got to look at that. But I think there's a real good chance to get a really good defensive tackle, maybe even our big ball from Baylor. And look, I, it if, wouldn't
1: bother me if they picked the defensive tackle in the first round.
7: Oh no! Either if we get a if we if we have an NFL running back on the team, Kevin, we, that that to me that that might be uno. I mean an NFL running back. That well, look, I, no. and you know no. I want one. That I've been be
1: screaming be- for it for. But understand, there are about twenty NFL running backs in free agency. Oh yes, and they oh, don't yes. cost. I'm I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm literally fifteen or twenty options there. They just the got to pick one. Only one you
7: can't pass up is the cat from Texas. Now, if he happened to be there, that's the only one. Even in the second round, man, I'm iffy. I, I definitely won't want to in free agency, but I don't know if you could pass up that cat from Texas. Well, I think yeah,
1: they there. better they better well, not. I, I, I don't mean, think that's going to happen.
7: He's not going to be there.
1: All, all right, so Manny, I got to take a break. Thank you for the call. We'll be back for hour number two. Stay tuned. The game, Castle on Stadium, thirty-two point three one thirty-three on LUS Fiber. The game, hotline, 337-706-0111, 706-0111. Now's a good time to call. I mean, again, there's so many subjects. We brought up in passing the World Baseball Classic. I don't know how much we'll get to that today, but um, I – how are you on the World Baseball
2: Classic, Dawson? Big fan. Big I, fan. I wish I, it meant more to other people because right. I feel like it doesn't get enough coverage.
1: Again, I, I know I'm different than most people. Like some people love the Olympics. I don't like the Olympics because I think it's fake. Like it's not fake for the athletes. It's 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 impressive the commitment that they have. And look, if you are a fan of figure skating, say, and you follow the figure skaters. Throughout, you know, the other four years that they're not competing in the Olympics, then it, it it's not, it's it's tremendous for you. It, standing ovation. Congratulations. But what I don't like and what are and are what I can't do is know none of the athletes. I haven't followed them. I don't know anything about them, but every four years I act like I'm a big fan. Well, what do you mean you're a big fan? You don't even know who these people are. I'm talking about the vast majority of the of the sports or now again if you're really into boxing and you and you follow a you know all the golden gloves boxing and everything all the way up and you know that's a different story I'm not talking about you but this whole idea of I don't know anything about any of these athletes but boy I love the Olympics what do you mean you don't even know them but baseball now a lot of these guys who play I don't know anything about but A lot of them are in the major leagues or in the minor leagues, and I at least know who they are and have followed them to some extent. I love the World Baseball Classic. Now, do I want one of my Astros to get hurt in the World Baseball Classic? I don't want that. So I get why some people may not like it for that reason, but I think it's fun. So I'm still mad at what's that idiot reliever that puts his arm out looks like an idiot. Kimbrel? Kimber, I'm still mad at him for choking in the World Baseball Classic.
2: I I just wonder if the and I guess, I guess this is the decision they made. I wonder if the timing could be better because it just feels like you put you put teams and players in a weird spot. I guess the good thing about it is they feel like they can use it as a ramp up because it's around spring training time right. anyway. I don't know how you where you when would you do it. Yeah, different? I guess so because well, the only other you know, it's like doesn't hockey take a break for their season when the Olympics come around? Like they actually stop the season. I don't think MLB would ever do that, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, because after the season, guys are going to want to be, you know, going on vacation and stuff. So, yeah, I guess it is the best spot for it. It's just tough because, yeah, pitchers aren't going to be going full. You know, they're not going to, you're not going to go out there and have a guy give you eight, nine innings, seven innings even because they're trying to ramp up slowly. Yeah, it's
1: just, it's a mess. So, it's a month away. They just announced rosters or finalized rosters yesterday. That's just kind of why I guess we're talking. So, I don't want to spend any more time on it. We'll talk about it more in March, but I do want to read off, listen to the, to, to the USA roster. Pete Alonzo, Tim Anderson, Nolan Arenado, Daniel Bard, Bednard, Mookie Betts, I'm not going to – Nestor Cortez, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Miles Nicholas, Cedric Mullins, Ottavino, Ryan Presley, JT Riomuto, Schwarber, um, Will Smith, Trevor Story – he's probably not going to play because he's hurt. Uh, Dylan Tate, Mike Trout, Kyle Tucker, Trey Turner – Adam Wainwright, Logan Webb,
2: Bobby Witt Jr., Devin Williams. Is, I mean, that's an unbelievable. And it's roster. great that they're getting – I remember – I don't know if it was – the last time there was kind of a rally, but two times ago you you had, like, nobody playing, and it was this big thing, like, why are none of the American players playing? And the crazy thing is, as loaded as that roster is – now, the USA will probably be the favorites, but, like, some of those other teams – I'm sure the Dominican Republic team is going to be loaded as well. Puerto Rico's had some really good teams. It's not like they're far and away – Oh, yeah. going to blow no, everybody out. No, so that's what I'm makes it saying, even that's more a that's a, yeah.
1: that's a good sounding
2: team to me. And as good as that's that's what I think makes it a great event. As good as they are, there's still three, four other teams around that are going to give them a. It's going to be fun. I think Otani's supposed to play for Japan, right? So that should be. They're going to be an interesting team. Like, there's some interesting teams all around it. And some
1: of these guys, like, if they're. It's kind of like the Mondo thing. If your parent is from a country or you have heritage, then you go play. Like, Italy has all these. um, Major League Baseball players like the Venezuela team, I'm sure is, you know, loaded. You got Acuna and Altuve and Cabrera and Salvi Perez and Jesus Lazardo And I mean, you know, Luis Garcia, they got David Peralta, all these players. I mean, so there's, you know, established major leaguers. Uh, the Dominican Republic: Julio Rodriguez, Rafael Devers, Vladimir Guerrero, Juan Soto. I mean, you want to talk about a stacked team? Jeremy Pena, uh, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Brian Abreu. Half the Astros team is on the Dominican team. Um, you know, Diego Castillo. I mean, I mean, Hector Neris, Johnny Cueto. I mean, uh, Rafael Montero. Half the Astros team is a Dominican. So. Um, no, I think that's going to be great fun. All right we'll 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 put that on on a shelf for now. So but if you want to talk about NFL, the Super Bowl, man, we've talked about the Super Bowl, but not like an incredible amount. And like I said, it's the NBA trade de- trade deadline is kind of taking over the national news cycle for on Super Bowl week. and around here, if the Bengals had won, there'd be more chatter about it. I think around here, there are fewer, you know, there's so many people that were, you know, and again, I hate this, but they're, they're, they all of a sudden they have these great, all of a sudden they're, you know, everybody's got cheater underroos, you know, and, and bingo under. Well, where were y'all for the first last 50 years? But anyway, uh, I hate all that junk. But, um, you know, so there's not as much Super Bowl chatter, and, and it's just, I think it's a fascinating matchup, but it's not a controversial matchup. It's like there's no real like, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of a good, great matchup, but it's not a, you know, you have this player or you know, I don't know. It's not creating a lot of conversation to me.
2: Yeah, and it's strange too because you and I guess I don't know the storylines are the Kelsey thing. Well, one of them is an offensive lineman, so you know it's not like they're going head to head or anything. Yeah. And then you know Andy Reid. I think it's so far removed from his time in Philadelphia that there's not really much buzz there, even though it is the two teams that he's kind of made a name for himself for. And the only thing I, Kansas city hasn't really turned into the villains. I feel like that, like new England at this point in their dynasty and their progression was kind of like the villains that everybody wanted to root against. I know some people don't like Kansas City but it, it, for whatever reason I don't know if it's just Mahomes being really likable and Andy Reid being really likable but they don't feel like the villain story that would get no, people No not
1: yet. If they keep winning a little more they they will be. But no, I don't I don't I don't think they have the villain status yet. I I, I agree with you there. I think I think Nick Sariani has that potential. Like if if they he's one of those guys in just like Casper that if he's not on your team, you're not gonna like him very. I I, I don't think en- not enough people know about him yet, but you can tell he's got that in him. Like he is not a coach. If they continue to have success, that uh, that people or rivals are gonna like at all,
2: and much more so than his quarterback too, because Jalen Hurts is very soft-spoken, not not that type of guy. So it's funny too. Like contrasting, you wonder what Sirianni would be like if he did have a quarterback who was like, you know, even Burrow, how feisty Burrow is. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know how those two would, if they were together, because usually you know you have it on one side or the other, um, but yeah, no, they're they're kind of like conflicting persons, but he definitely, yeah, you saw some of those shots in the NFC Championship game, and he, he maybe wants to be that guy, and we'll see if they win and if they're able to, but the thing is that it's so hard to sustain that success and be back in these moments the way Kansas City's been able to do. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think already how many big games they've played in.
1: Absolutely. So, again, uh, we have today and tomorrow we're going to be speaking with UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow in the next uh, segment. Something that I I do want to say, and it it was funny, some of the reaction online, and people still still don't get this, and it's amazing. Like I saw a story that had a bunch of tweets nationally. People saying, how in the world can the Saints get – Derek Carr, when they're fifty plus million under the cap, people still believe the cap matters. Like all these people, all oh, the Saint, the Saints are gonna get to the cap way easier. Like one of the tweets would essentially say, "Well, how are they gonna have any? How's he gonna have any players to play with?" What are you talking about? The Saints are. I don't know that the Saints. Now, last year they lost two or three players because they were way over that they had to make decisions on they they lost two or three players that I would have really liked to have kept. I don't know that they're going to lose one this year. I don't know I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to lose any players. I'm saying I don't know that they're going to lose any players that's going to cause any significant amount of Saints fans angst. Like oh no, how are we going to win any games without him? Like who is that going to be? Like th- there are people that still believe in this cap stuff. It's just It's creative accounting. Now, I'm not saying there aren't any ramifications if you do, especially when you do things like the Saints do, but it just means you're going to have a bad cap number and you got to reschedule deals and they might have to cut a few people. People who don't even do it like the Saints do and have to cut a few people. I mean, uh, I just think the whole cap thing is – it's amazing that people
2: still buy that stuff. Yeah, I mean, like the Chargers – if you heard who they – They're Keenan Allen potentially going to be gone. Like, there's teams that are losing far more valuable players than anybody. The Saints. Who is – I mean, maybe Pete, which, like, okay. But, again, a lot of Saints fans want him going anyway. Yeah. Davenport, like, he's a, been a bust. I mean, now,
1: there are people that believe that Davenport's going to go to another team and be a star, and I will be angry because it's not like the Saints haven't been patient with him. Like, you know, they let – um our fourth round pick from Florida Atlantic, go to Cincinnati and be a star trusting this cat. So he better not go be good somewhere else, but he might. But I mean, again, there's not going to be, Oh no, they don't have Davenport. How in the world are they ever, gonna, well, how many sacks did he have last year? Well, no, he had like a half a sack more than I did. And I'm fat, not a shape. I mean, not even never been in shape. So, I mean, you know, it's not like that guy has been good. So, I don't know that they're going to lose anybody of really any consequence. Like, they'll probably cut Will Lutz. They better cut Will Lutz. He's the GOAT. I mean, it it, it amazes me that people still fall for that salary cap stuff. No, believe me. Now, again, that doesn't mean it's all going to work out. If you fumble the ball, if you get injured, if you don't. You know, give the ball to Batman when you need to give the ball to Batman. was all kind of things that go into winning and losing. But but this is you know the idea that or the concept that these people have that oh how in the world they're going to field a team if they get Derek Carr because of the salary cap. It's just amazing how clueless those people are after all these years of seeing it happen over and over again. It 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 it, it, it amazes me. Absolutely amazes me. Again. Um, we're about to uh, talk to Coach Glasgow. And after that, we'll have a couple segments where you could get in. And, and again, there's Cajun men's basketball. Fascinated to see Cajun softball, which we talked to Coach Glasgow. Uh, that, not a big weekend other than that it's opening weekend because you're playing against Stephen F. Austin and Lafayette College. But just the start of this season. And then all the teams are going to be playing the second weekend of the season. Uh, just a lot of fascinating uh scenarios the softball team and the baseball team are exact opposites the baseball team has all these new faces on pit at pitch on the mound and fairly set in 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 their everyday player lineup and the softball team you kind of you're pretty set in the circle you kind of know who your pitchers are and 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 yet there's all kind of questions, of like who's going to play where and where and all that kind of stuff in the field. So kind of opposite in that way. All right, we'll take a timeout and be back.
0: This is Footnotes on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Go subscribe to The Game's YouTube channel, At The Game Louisiana. That way, you can check out the latest original videos and more shenanigans from the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. We have with us UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow. Coach, neither me or you can believe this is six years.
8: It's been been a fast six years.
1: Uh, uh, unbelievable! <laughs> all the things that have happened in these six years, and how you know the relationship you've had with this community—it's it, it, it's been tremendous.
8: Yeah, it's been really a fun uh, fun part of my life, and uh, very very appreciative and grateful and fortunate to to be here where I'm at, and to have such an outstanding softball program, and to to be able to coach it and be here every day working with, you know, this community and the athletes that were privileged to coach.
1: All right. So I know you're so excited about this season and yet there's still so many question marks. I mean, the good thing is it doesn't look like there's too many question marks in the circle, which in the sport of softball, even more than, I mean, it's important in baseball too, but really important in softball to be that good in the circle. But uh, I guess you'd say that's comforting, right? At this point.
8: Very comforting. I mean, it's the deepest deepest pitching staff that I've ever uh, had on any team that I've been a coach or assistant coach of in, in college softball. And it's, it's really, I mean, we're deep. And, uh, you know, we got some really, really nice arms all the way down through the freshman class. Um, you know, they just keep getting better every day. And every time every ascento throws in our inner squad. And Tyler Oub has just been absolutely amazing in our inner squad contest. So we're really deep, and I'm I'm just thrilled and really excited to see, you know, how much they can improve, especially in these big games, you know. And you go back last year, our, our top 25 uh, against 11. We played 11 top 25 opponents, and we had a 4.7 ERA and that's where i i want to see i think we can be better you know we we can get better in those games and if we can get that era down under 3 against the top 25 then then that's when you're really going to be a threat to get to the world series so and i think this staff can do that
1: one of the things that that's interesting about this team is you have you're going to be playing some young girls either in their second year or first year of Division One college softball a lot. So in your experience, when 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 a freshman or a first year player comes from a junior college, say, or a transfer who didn't really play a whole lot and they're playing for the first time, like when they when they get off to a slow start at the plate, is it? What is it that is normally responsible for that? Like, I had a baseball player yet for the Cages yesterday tell me that he struggled at the beginning of last season. He was coming from a junior college because he admitted he did not handle playing in front of 40 people. Now he's playing in front of thousands very well, and it took him a while before he kind of got used to that. Is that it, or what is the normal reason why young players struggle out of the, the back?
8: Yeah, it could be a lot of different things. You know, the, the pressure in some ways at D one level where everything is reported. You know, like the statistics are online. Most travel ball teams, most high school teams. You know, the their statistics aren't accessible, or, or and even you know people don't care. Or here, all of a sudden, your stats are being looked at by every uh, fan, every parent, every grandparent. <laughs> your teammates, parents, and their grandparents. And so there's just a lot more that the pressure definitely goes up. The stakes go up. And then the competition of the team, you know, the not the competition of the other team, the competition when you're in your own dugout, you know, you, you look around the dugout and you see if you're a hitter, you see 15, 16 really good hitters. And if you're a pitcher on our team this year, you see seven good pitchers. So, you know, they, they, they imagine that failure is bigger than what failure really is. They they make each at bat more important than each at bat should be. Pitchers make every pitch more important than every single pitch should be. They make uh, give up a run, and it becomes, you know, 10 runs in their mind. And so all those things can really start to affect a hitter when they let that mental pressure build up. And self-imposed mental pressure is usually what gets them.
1: One of those is Maya Davis, and I haven't seen her play yet, but I've heard about how talented she is. And the one thing that gives me hope that she might be able to overcome that is a large part of her game is speed, which it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a senior. If you have speed, that can create – does that give you hope that maybe she will avoid the, the typical kind of slow starts that freshmen have? Yeah,
8: I hope so. You know, I, I just have enormous faith in her talent, and you'll see that when you see her play. Um, you know, I went to the All Star game last year, All American game, the top high school players in the country. The pitcher that started was the, the pitcher that started the game was going to the Pac-12, a very elite pitcher. And Davis led the team with you know two two hits. She was two for three. She made the um you know she made the best defensive play of the game in center field. She was a star of the game, you know, and and she's just enormously talented, and she's been on the big stage with the and the travel ball team, the Bombers out of Texas, and you'll see just just her swagger and her inner confidence and her competitiveness. I really don't, you know, I think anyone can have trouble when you play this early season schedule we got. Uh, you know, confidence will come into a factor. I mean, it's going to be a huge test for her as a freshman. But I really believe, like, her talent level will allow her to play at that level and and have um, enough success that she can go forward and continue to improve.
1: Speaking with UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow. All right, there are there are two other players that really – one of them had a little injury in the middle and of the season – but that really made splashes as freshmen, and so maybe we might see even greater players. Talk about the potential progress and where they could progress from last year to this year with Alexa Langoliers and Maddie
8: Hayden. Two great players. You know, when you're you, I'm just sitting here looking at my top 25 staff, and because I don't, you know, like we look at batting average of, the year I don't really go. I want I want to know who can compete against the top twenty-five and who can compete against you know the top seventy-five. And when you go to the top seventy-five, Maddie Hayden led the team. And Baton average you go top twenty-five, Maddie Hayden lead, led the team in hitting three twenty-five, a three fifty-five, as a freshman. You know she had three fifty-five. She also led us in RBIs. So that tells me, you know, we played eleven games against top twenty-five teams. So that's not a huge sample size. So if a, if a player batted 140, that doesn't tell me they can't play against the top 25 because they may have only had 12 at bats or 15 at bats. But like Maddie Hayden had 31 at bats and hit hit 355. That that without that leaves, that removes any doubt in your mind that Kid can compete against the best players in the country. And I think she's a you know like probably the most competitive gutty kid in our dugout and and we're asking an enormous um, sacrifice from her to play infield outfield you know she'll she'll be in the two hole tomorrow her and maya davis will be one and two in our lineup and you know that's that's a freshman sophomore there they both got a lot of speed they're they're going to put pressure on the other teams and and she's just a great player lane lear's uh, she'll be in a three hole, you know. And she just uh, she gets she gets big hits, and she doesn't strike out. She knows the game. She's been raised around the game. She's been raised by a competitive in a competitive family. You know, her dad played baseball at Oregon State. Her brothers in the major leagues right now, playing for Oakland. And the kid understands the game, and and just a great leader for us. So you're you, you know that's that's just really special to have that kind of young talent. They're all freshmen, sophomores. You know, um, Jordan Campbell hit 346 against the top 25 last year. That tells me she can compete against the top the top 25 teams in the country. And you know, she's had a she's had a really good last week and a half. She's really gotten hot in practice and having you know a great uh, having a great last week of spring or two weeks of spring. Uh, but she overall from January to now, she's she's disappointed probably with her overall. In preseason, but who cares? When I look, when you look back, and you know you you play 11 games against top 25 teams, and you hit 346. That's what my message I heard. You don't need to doubt yourself. You just need to get ready. And so, we're we're really lucky to have all this young talent.
1: You've talked a lot about defense, and I joked with you at the, at the uh, presser the other day that, uh, you know, how you're going to put defense first. And I know, you know, you're a hitting coach, just like Coach Deggs is on the baseball side. And most people just kind of go back to their roots and what their passion is. And yet, if you go with defense in a lot of the cases, you're going to be having to juggle lineups. How worried are you about that? Are you comfortable that that's going to work itself out?
8: Yeah, I'm real confident. I mean, I think we can always go. We can always play offensive softball like we have in the past. But this particular team, you've got a really special defensive middle infield talent in in Sissy Valdez. That Chase and 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 also a freshman catcher third baseman Vic uh, Vic Valdez and Sissy Vasquez. Sissy Vasquez is an elite level middle infielder, so we're going to get her on the field. When you got a, you know. Uh, shortstop, second baseman that can play that way, and you know we're going to start her out at second base because we've got Langlers in short, but she's an elite level middle infielder, and we're going to get her out there and then we'll we're, we're let her play and we're going to find out you know how she comes along offensively. She's been looking really really good in practice, and she's a hard worker, so she's out there. Uh, Vic Valdez is a catcher that's playing third base and catcher and. Uh, she's second or third on our team in hitting this spring, hitting like 4, 420, 410. Uh, really, he got power, um, and she's just a smart player. She's just her softball IQ probably. I would say this that uh, Vic Valdez and Sissy Vasquez, their softball IQ is as high as anyone's on our team, along with Lex Lane layers. Um, so those those are freshmen that's going to make an impact on our lineup and going to. Just kind of juggle things up a little bit, but those are kids that's going to get a lot of a lot of playing time.
1: I like nicknames, coach, and you brought up the early '70s Oakland A's and how they won, and so I might call Vasquez Campaneras this season. Maybe only me and you and Stevie P are going to know what that uh-huh.
8: means. Well, that's probably so, but that's <laughs> a long time ago. But you know, she can play, and you're going to like her game when you watch her play. She's going to be that really quiet. She's a really quiet leader. That just makes play after play. It's always in the right spot at the right time. And you know, I think her travel ball teams won nine national championships. Uh, she's played at the highest level from an early age, like you know, 10, 10 years old. And uh, you know, one of there was three kids on the team that did that. The other one's at UCLA, and the other one's going to Oklahoma. I mean, that's the type of players she's been around. Uh, They're elite, and they've been well coached by a great coach, Nathan Nelson, who played baseball here, and he's made them extremely tough. They're tough-minded players. So this is uh, really uh, interesting to see how they're going to integrate into our squad and mix and match with the uh, veteran players. And uh, so far, it looks exciting in practice to me.
1: All right, Coach, we look forward to it very much. Appreciate your time. We'll see you tomorrow. Good luck to you.
8: Thank you very much.
1: Look forward to the games.
0: This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You can call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this, Foote will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foote at 337-706-0111. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 706-0111. 706-0111 if you would like to get in. We don't have any more interviews today, so now is a good time. The next segment as well is a good time. And again, lots of things. You know, we've got big NBA trades. We opened the show with that. Talking and talked with Stevie P about it a little bit. Everything going on in the NBA and um, Kevin Durant with the Suns now, and you know there are people that think that um, some of these players that were traded in the, involved in that trade might get traded for by other teams today. Like you know that's still possible. So uh, it's NBA trade deadline day. So certainly, if you have any thoughts on that, um, feel free to uh, discuss that. We've got the soup. It is Super Bowl week. And so we've talked about that some. Uh, We've got the Cajun women playing at James Madison. We've got the men playing uh, in a battle of two first-place teams atop the Sunbelt Conference in Hattiesburg tonight uh, against the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss. So that is a, a great matchup. We've got the Saints. You know, Derek Carr visited the Saints yesterday and all the potential issues if that ends up going down and if it doesn't end up going down. So... Lots to discuss. Uh, a lot of big things going on. And then, like we just talked with Coach Glasgow, the start of the Division One college softball season. There's normally a few teams that play on Thursday. I don't know that there are. I haven't looked. But, but uh, for the Cajuns, anyway, they start tomorrow.
2: I do know, not supposed to, but Florida State's playing today because of weather in Tallahassee tomorrow. So they start their season today, which wasn't originally planned.
1: Speaking of that. The weather today is not as good as yesterday. It doesn't look like it's going to be worse tomorrow, huh?
2: Yeah, it looks like it's going to be cold, and we'll see about the rain. I think that's kind of up in the air, but um, hopefully it holds off.
1: Um, yes, let's hope that it, it it indeed holds off. We definitely want that, that to happen. So um, hopefully tomorrow we can be discussing uh, some, you know, look, how many weekends especially on the women's side if we going into the weekend like yeah, the cages are on the road I don't really it doesn't look good on paper and th- there were two weekends in particular that come to mind like that and the cages end up going three and one and it should have been four and0 oh in those two weekends where they were going on the road and it didn't really look like the good circumstance games, good matchups and yet they overcame and so we'll see if they can if the men and women can get it done tonight.
2: You know what I'm not a fan of? And I've been thinking about this a lot recently and I liked it when it started and I know I know why they do it and I get it with the traveling partners and stuff in the Sun Belt, but the fact that everybody plays on Thursday and Saturday at the same time now, and I mean it's not the same time for everyone, but like I was thinking about that the other day and you know, the Sun Belt doesn't really put out any like highlight videos. So like I don't you don't get a chance to watch the rest of the league. And so, I have been. there's like, you know, you got to go back and try to watch the full ESPN Plus broadcast, which is difficult. So, I wish the Sun Belt would spread out the schedule a little bit. And also, I don't know if these teams are really a huge fan of having to play two games in three days every single week throughout conference. So, it feels like, I guess they do it because you don't want to take a road trip and have to come back so everybody can just stay where they're at. But right. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the way they do it. You're Most saying conferences... you wish is like sometimes
1: you'd play Wednesday, Saturday, and sometimes right. play Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Like in the SEC, some people play Tuesday, Saturday, and some people play Wednesday, Saturday.
2: Yeah, and I guess they'd have to do it, It would especially the weekend, like like we talked about, that weird weekend. And I know this was the first year with the new team, so maybe they are going to change it. Where you got to play Monroe at home on Thursday and then go all the way to Harrisonburg for James Madison. Why isn't that game Tuesday or Wednesday that's at home? Because for Monroe, it's not a tough trip and right. that way give you some time but now the, they're going to play Thursday night and then I guess travel Friday like right afterwards the next morning so it's just tough scheduling
1: it is and again one you know coach Marlin and I you know he has looks at things sometimes you know a little differently than I do and that's okay um but he one thing that he has said over and over again just play better now again that's sometimes that's easier said than done because I I, I, I say certain games are quote-unquote circumstance games because the circumstances favor one team. Like, I think the Marshall game was a great circumstance game for the Cajuns. I think the first Southern Miss game was a great circumstance game for the Cajun men. Uh, this game... Is not a good circumstance game for the Cajun women going to James Madison, and the James Madison game when the Cajun men go, the scenario you just brought up is not a good circumstance game, uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Now, the one thing, I don't know the temperament of all the girls. I don't. I, I doubt this is the case, but getting cheated by the Sunbelt Conference and the, that officiating crew this past Saturday could kind of make you angry. So maybe hey' <laughs> Cajun women And look, you're just getting to know Stevie P. Stevie P is a big take-up for the officials guy. Like, he and I agree on a lot of things. That's one of the things that he and I, well, again, especially in the NFL, I, I, I don't bash officials as much as I bash the NFL in the rules. I just think, and I just think, the NFL just—they don't care about being fair. Um, I don't—I'm not nearly as critical of lower levels of officiating because it's more—the lower you go, the more complicated it is, and or the more the less, the less. Um, what would you call like? The, there's there's less of a means to get everything right. There, you know, you have they're just theoretically not as qualified. Um, you know, once you get to high school levels and little league levels, as it should be at the NFL level, but but Stevie P's a big stake up for the officials guy, and so you know he was not taken up for the officials, so you know that was a bad call. But uh, so, um, you know, maybe they're going to play angry, or maybe Lene Wheaton is going to play, and they're just going to be a better basketball team. I don't know if she's going to play. They've been saying. He's been saying, I think she's going to play. I think she's going to play in the last three times. I think she's going to play, ended up, you know, with a boot on the bench in street clothes. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, no, I – what's the most impressive victory to date so far, do you think, for the
2: Cajuns? For the men or the women? The the, the men. I, circumstantially, I still think the Georgia Southern game just – from what you came back from to because that also would have been a game where, you know, not to say you'd have been okay with the loss, but you could have sat there and said, look, they shot the lights out. Like, what are we going to do? You know, nobody's yeah. going to shoot like that. So that was impressive. Like that one, I think, I mean, the Marshall is probably the best team you've beaten. And then, I mean, because going back into non-conference at the time, you thought SMU, they're pretty bad now. It ended up not being as good. So I, I think Georgia Southern is the best team performance but then like the best they've but I think this is might be different. the best one if they get it oh absolutely yeah. it would be and like we've talked about you you got a lot going against you so you're gonna have to play even probably better than you have played in the past and you, you can't picture that southern miss team playing as poorly as they did when they came here so you're gonna have to hit shots you're gonna have to knock down three-point shots greg and control maybe dalcourt have got to be that guy and then jordan brown i think got to stay out of foul trouble which is kind of always he's done a great job of it this year he hasn't been in foul trouble much got to keep that going because that's when, if he goes out of the game for an extended period of time and Hase and those other big guys Southern Miss has can kind of go to work, you might be in a little trouble there.
1: All of that makes total sense, and I I, I think, again, it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles try to defend the Cadence because they really doubled down and put a lot of emphasis on Jordan in the middle, and, and the guards are able to take advantage of that. So it'll be an interesting chess match tonight in Hattiesburg. We'll take a timeout and be back
0: this is footnotes on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been when they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues you catch the ball that's the way that works yeah he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back. Now, let me ask you, Dawson, do you have a problem with that statement? When you're in the major leagues, when they hit it to you, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Do you have a problem with that
2: statement? No, that one. That's pretty accurate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, even in high school, you would kind of like that to be the case. I mean, you know, obviously your expectations are a little higher for the major league guys,
2: but I don't think that's an unreasonable (laughs) expectation. Well, would that be your your coaching strategy, though, just when a guy makes a mistake, just tell him he's supposed to catch the ball? It's the way that works. I mean, I wasn't coaching. I was analyzing.
1: And, you know, ironically, I I remember for whatever reason the exact scenario – of what happened when I said that. This was a couple years ago. The 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 Astros were playing in Oakland, and I don't know if you're – they ended up beating them in the playoffs, but they had an awful run against them in the regular season. They lost close game after close game. And Icky, uh, which I don't know if you're – Icky is my nickname for Kyle Tucker. Icky was actually playing left field in that game. And – um they hit a low liner but he got to it and the ball just hit him right in the glove and he dropped it and it was the game winning run. That that that's where that that came from. And Icky was just so goofy. But um we're here speaking of Icky, we're hearing some positive things like they might one of the things I love about the new GM of the Astros, Dana Brown is that he comes from the Braves and the Braves and the Astros are pretty unique in the current world of contenders in Major League Baseball. They don't just throw out a bunch of money and try to buy titles. They try to see, okay, I think this is a good young player who's got a bright future. Let's try to give him maybe not break the bank money, but really good money now and tie him up. Even though it's a lot of money, it's not like you know these 400 kind of deals and $300 million deals that these other people are getting. And I'm hoping they can do that with Icky before, because Icky didn't make any money last year.
2: Yeah, well, it works some and it doesn't, but that's the whole point of it. Like I remember they did it with John Singleton, and of course that didn't work out at all. He he never even really made it up to the big leagues for more than a few months. But that's the point. You didn't lose that much when you yeah. lost him. Yeah. He had a he was making more than a guy of his stature would have usually been making. But you, he he didn't work out. But oh well. But but you get
1: rid of it quickly. Yeah, you weren't tied, and it tied down tied $25, down. 30 million yeah.
2: a year. Right. And so,
1: um, you know, it's worked with Altuve. I mean they've. They just did it with uh, El Perro. I mean, that guy. I, mean, I don't even, has. He, I don't know anybody in Astro history or Harley in Major League history has gotten off to the start of the career that that guy has. Like, even Big Poppy, And this guy, by the way, ended up, he ended up, he's not as bad in the outfield as some people gave him. Like, he can throw the ball.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's what, like, people who don't pay attention to the Astros, you know, when you get to the playoff time and. People are talking about him. You don't realize like he's he's pretty average defender. He's maybe not a plus defender, but he's not he's not a below average defender. But
1: he, I've seen him throw multiple people out of the plate, and yeah. sometimes from pretty deep.
2: And a mid, you don't you know yeah. he
1: doesn't have to cover ground. So yeah. I mean, no, it, it works. It, it works. So no, look, there's so much to be excited about with the Astros. We we just have to hope that. They all stay. That's a lot. I think they said eleven. I think they said eleven Astros are on World Baseball Classic rosters. So it's it's going to be weird, though. That like, that's what's so cool. And I don't want to. I know we're getting back to the World Baseball Classic here, and I know a lot of people that listen don't like it as much as we do. But think about how it's going to be weird. Like when if the United States plays against the Dominican Republic or against Venezuela, you know, you could have like, you know, Rafael Montero pitching against Icky you know
2: and that's why like and i don't know how the with the television schedule i know MLB network had most if not all the games last time around like i will be excited to watch games between random teams like that Venezuela and Dominican Republic like think yeah. about how good those matchups are going to be especially you know a lot of the hispanic countries like there's rivalries within that like it's going to be just Puerto a lot of fun. Puerto
1: Rico versus Dominican Republic oh yeah great player
2: well, you'll have Correa as well i think yeah. he's playing again like you'll have it's going to be fun No, I'm
1: looking forward to it. But again, that's a month away. So um, I don't know. I mean, have you heard anyone give like a realistic, like let's say the Saints and Derek Carr's little team reach an agreement. Is that going to come out on the 15th or is it going to come out before? Have you heard anyone speculate on how
2: that would work? I've heard – the speculation I've heard is that if it's going to happen, they would expect it to happen before the Super Bowl. That's what I've heard from a couple before of people. Before so. the Super Bowl. At least the agreement. Now maybe the terms and stuff would be late, but I that's what I had heard. And maybe and maybe they just were meaning it's going to happen before then, maybe we, it wouldn't be announced because of some of the times with the numbers, but
1: seemed like you'd wait right after the Super Bowl to announce that. Maybe yeah, maybe it's they not wouldn't that announce that big of a deal, but, but then it's today,
2: not minuscule either. Today it would get it would probably get leaked anyway if it actually had been agreed to. Yeah, it's so I, tough I to keep it. that thing.
1: Yeah. Again, it, it, it's it's kind of like the, you know, a lot of people said, "Do you like to trade the 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 Saints made with the Broncos for Casper?" I didn't love it cuz I didn't want to give up a third-round pick, but at least it's over and you don't have to worry about that anymore. And and this is like you might say, "Well, you you're a little you overrate them a little bit." That's possible. Eh, I don't really want to give up a third if that's what it ends up being. Okay, but at least at least you got quarterback figured out, and you can go worry about all the you know the other issues on the team, like defensive tackle. Like we can turn our attention to the draft and cross off the quarterback position. Now we don't have a whole lot of time to get into this, but you know what's gonna you know what's the most interesting question to me about that scenario or at least one of the most interesting, is if you get Derek Carr, who's the backup quarterback going to be?
2: You think they're going to stick with Crawfish? Is he willing to do that? And if he is, then that's fine. If not, then who are you going to get? Maybe you draft a guy at that point in the fourth, fifth round. I I don't
1: I don't like rookies even for backups. Y'all love rookie quarterbacks. Y'all have a nice day.